Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Live Journal podcast. Today is Sunday, August 4th of 2019. And I will continue to expand on this intro section. A lot of you liked the idea of me doing a little bit of online coaching for you guys during the, the podcast episode. So I'm going to keep driving and you guys can keep giving me your feedback, keep giving me your comments. But I, I love the idea of picking a theme and writing it. And as you guys send me questions, I can expand on that. So last week I opened the door or I opened the forum for you guys to send me questions. And the theme we picked was emotions and attachments to food. The reason I say we is because every time I'm sharing with you guys is based on conversations I have either with the people that I work with, with friends and family, or the unknown friends I've made on social media or through the podcast that you send me questions. And thank you so much for everybody that's been sending their questions in. I feel like when we ask the right questions or any question, when we ask questions, we find a common thread between each other and we're able to support and guide each other as we move along. So one of the questions I received was, how do you reprogram emotions and attachments to food? This person felt that when she attacked these emotions and attachments she was feeling, the subconscious, her subconscious was winning, meaning that I, I completely understand what she's talking about. You cannot decide, just decide you're not going to do something. You know, it could be that you like sweets. It could be that you like bread. It could be that you like wine. It could be that you like cigarettes. It could be anything. I mean, you don't eat cigarettes, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't just, if we, if we could just decide to not do something anymore, there wouldn't be support systems and AA and, and I wouldn't do the work that I do. So to my answer to this question would be you have to dig in and try to understand where the attachment started. So, for example, I've been talking a lot about me enjoying coffee way more than usual in the past month or two. I didn't drink coffee for a long time, not because I don't like the taste, but because caffeine was getting me really jittery and I would be a hot mess. By the time, you know, the afternoon rolled around and the caffeine was leaving the leaving my body, I just felt like the world was coming down me. I'm very sensitive to caffeine. But recently I discovered decaf and I've been loving and enjoying it. But I was surprised on how much I was loving the coffee, because to me, anytime I like something too much, I'm always then questioning or trying to figure out why not because there's anything wrong with it. But just to understand myself and where my feelings come from, because in the past I have had very unhealthy attachments to food and drink and substances. So now even if it's the safest thing, like a cup of decaf or five, <laughs> I just like to understand myself. So for me, I ended up identifying that when I first moved to New York in 1998, it was the first time I would buy a coffee at a deli and enjoy this coffee with my friends outside of school. I came to New York to go to art school from Dominican Republic 
and I was so far from my family and I had some friends and I made a, a group of friends. And before we would go into class early in the morning, we would have, have our coffee. And in those days, I smoked a lot of cigarettes and you'd have your coffee and your cigarette and you were ready for the day. And it was such a new, fresh time for me being in New York, away from my family. It was such a new experience. And I felt like a grown up. I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm doing. This is my future. I'm in the place that I've been dreaming of being my whole life. And I'm here and I'm doing this. And it was such a start to my day to spend time with my friends so this emotional attachment to this little ritual of buying the deli coffee which the coffee wasn't even good but it's the idea of having this big cup of coffee and a cigarette you're like I'm a grown-up I'm gonna do my thing so that's part of it. it and it I realized that because I was actually walking by these young women recently and one of them had a coffee and she told her friend wow, this coffee tastes so good today. And that brought me back to that moment. So sometimes we don't realize, or you can't sit down and necessarily digest and figure out exactly. But if, if your awareness and your desire to observe yourself, it's in your subconscious and deep in your mind, it will reveal itself. So what I would say to answer this question again is how do you reprogram these emotions? First, you have to do the work in decoding where they come from. You have to realize, you have to sit down. Journaling is wonderful for this. And you have to start thinking back at the first times you consumed or did whatever it is you're trying to figure out. Is it the coffee, the cigarettes, the wine, the carb, whatever it is. And see where there was a, a pleasing, a pleasant emotional connection. It could have been in childhood. Maybe if you were misbehaving, your mom rewarded you with some food item or as you became an adult alcohol is you know is celebratory it's usually a celebration of an occasion or a form of relaxation but that's step one you have to sit down and try to figure out where it where it started and from there you're you're able to then connect the dots and if it's something you want to move away from then you can another question i received was what do you advise in order to keep focused and strong, even if your routine is being altered by travel, stress or the unexpected? So this question is actually great because it's going to help us segue into our next conversation. You have to decide why you're doing what you're doing. So if you want to keep your focus here, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about nutrition and food and eating patterns, but this applies to a lot of things in life, whatever endeavor you're undertaking or whatever new experience you want to have, you have to analyze why you want to do it. So again, it's the same as I explained before. It's not necessarily just trying to decide you're not going to do it or trying to decide that you are. Discipline is not just decided upon. You have to create it by creating habits and rituals. And then the accumulation of that and the consistency of that will lead you to doing whatever you're doing. So in this case, I'm going to use the example of exercise. If you decide you want to start a new workout, if you decide you want to try something new, first you sit down and you write down again, journaling comes very handy in these moments. 
you have to write down all the whys of of why you want to do this. Why do I want to exercise? Well, you know, I want to be healthier for my children and I want to feel more energized and I want to perform better at work. I want to feel healthier. People usually start listing things that have to do with situations and people outside of themselves. And then we always end up with, I want to look good or I want to look hot, which are all fine, especially there are so many conversations these days around body acceptance and love, which are wonderful, but sometimes your body's telling you it needs your support and attention. And it doesn't even have to do with how we look, but how we look is a symptom of how we're feeling and how our body is performing. So regardless of your shape, regardless of your weight, the body will give you signals as to why it needs your attention. And when when you understand these whys, then it will be easier to keep your focus because it's not just, well, I decided I'm going to do this. You're doing the homework or you're doing the work to achieve a certain goal, knowing why you're doing it. And it can be it can be something to do with yourself or with your family. But, you know, always go back to yourself. Whatever makes you feel good is what counts. And now, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our wonderful guest, Nicole Berry. She is the owner of Bonberry on Bleecker. She's also had a longstanding blog and newsletter where she shares amazing recipes. Nicole is a plant-based and alkaline system advocate, I would say. And she granted me the honor of doing this interview on a day that she was extremely busy. So thank you, Nicole, for doing this again. So as a heads up, the sound in some parts is a little sketchy because Nicole had to go into a closet where there was a refrigerator because she was in her in her food shop, which you should all visit. It's on Bleecker Street here in Manhattan. And she has a wide array of healthy, delicious food options. She has her own juices and clean beauty and home products. I will let you listen to the interview, but Nicole is definitely somebody that you want to get to know better because this girl has been through a lot and here she's going to tell her, uh, tell us about her personal story and how she ended up where she is today, which is a really good place. And thank you, Nicole. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to all the new listeners. And please remember to send in your questions because these are the questions I will be answering to help us set up Sundays and for the week and guide each other in this journey we call life in the healthiest and most radiant way possible. So without further ado, Nicole Berry. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. your dreams. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Them can't kill your all right, so hello, Nicole. I'm here today with Nicole Barry. Hello. And we saw each other earlier at the gym already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a very sweaty state and you fresh. Try not to miss okay. a day. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to get that sweat in, right? Totally. Totally. Exactly. So for those of you who don't know who Nicole Barry is, which I think would be rare if you're in the you know, wellness, healthy community tuned into that. Can you please share who you are and your story? 
Yeah. So my name is Nicole Berry, and I'm the founder of Bonberry, which is a curated guide to online wellness. Initially, it was an online platform featuring different people in different walks of life and their personal wellness regimen. And then I started incorporating some of my recipes onto the website, and that's kind of what took off. And they were all plant-based recipes, but focused on digestion and food combining and really amplifying your energy and just like your life force for lack of a better term. And that was almost like six years ago. And then in the last six months, we recently opened a temporary pop-up called Bonberry Bodega. And sorry, it's my fridge. But it's a plant-based bodega. It's a grab-and-go store of, for salads, grain bowls, dressings, granola. The concept is basically having a healthy spin on what you would find in your average New York local bodega because we wanted to make wellness and clean eating accessible, friendly, not scary or intimidating, which sometimes wellness can be. And yeah, so that's our focus right now is, you know, operating this bodega and still like spreading, spreading the gospel. Yeah, which I love. I mean, I, I, I've known you or known or seen you for many years now because, you know, we were OG Tracy Anderson devotee. So I had seen you around and then lost touch because I wasn't going to the gym. And then all of a sudden I, you resurface as this gorgeous woman, mother, <laughs> bountiful cook, you know, it's like almost like this kind of mother earth energy that you have to you. But I would love for you to share with us how you arrived at that point, because, you know, following you on social media and seeing the message that you're trying to convey, I know you didn't always follow those Never. principles. Never. So when was my, the beginning of it is the question or. Yeah. How did you, how did you arrive at eating this way and, you know, making, making it part of your, of your everyday, like you're, you're very much an advocate for eating that way, eating the food combining, but you know how we always kind of go through some life situations and then arrive where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I definitely wasn't born this way. My dad had type 2 diabetes growing up. So being aware of how food and eating directly influences your body and this, the, the way it can affect your mood and your sugar levels was always very apparent for me from when I was a very small age. Also, my mom was Korean, so even though we grew up with like the mac and cheese and the frosted flakes and everything, cooking with vegetables and real food was definitely part of our diet. We Mm -hmm. didn't grow up with like TV dinners or meatloaf or things like that. Like there was always like vibrant colors in our meal, Mm -hmm. but that's not something I really thought about. It was just part of my life. And then growing up into high school and I started as I get into my teens, I, I think I dealt with a lot of things that a lot of girls deal with like body image. And I started dabbling in drugs and alcohol and things like that. And I, my self-esteem, I think, took a really big plunge. And I basically got an eating disorder. And it wasn't anorexia. Anorexia, I was never, I never understood that because I, like, I always loved food. <laughs> but I was, you know, like, binging and purging. And it was really a scary, dark, 
like secret that I had for on and off for many years, like through, I would say I grad through, I graduated college. There was, they were years and times that I would stop, but it was always think, something that like kept coming back. I felt empty kind of, and I needed to fill that with some sort of thing, whether it's drugs or alcohol or food or cigarettes, all of those things. So I was, I've always been in a very extreme personality, which actually I don't think I am anymore, but for most of my life I was. And so I would either be like perfect or I would be like this crazy rebel that was like this, like doing everything, you know? And that was really tiring. That was really exhausting and depleting and just like soul crushing basically. And it was this constant kind of like wheel of being like really like good and healthy and clean. And I would be vegan. And sometimes like when I was in college, I was vegan, but like, but then I would like also drink and smoke and everything. And it was just like, just constantly, I was sick of that, the highs and lows. And uh, you know, it can, that can really like that type of lifestyle can like literally kill you. Like I have friends, like more than like a handful of friends who like literally died, you know, like from drugs and from like things like that. And Luckily, I was able to realize that, like, I couldn't do that anymore. Like, I, I feel like I had, like, a, a drug addict past within high school that I, like, got out of before I even reached college, which is kind of crazy to say. I just, like, lived in, like, I grew up in a very fast environment where, where kids were just doing things, like, when they were, like, 13, you know what I mean? Like, we lived, like, by the city and just, it's just, like, a fast life, you know? So, like, you either got out of it or you didn't. And luckily, you know, I did. I mean, I think, like what saved me was like my dad like found out all the things that I was doing and was like, this, you know, needs to stop, you know? And so I was able to get out of it. And basically I was tired. I hit a wall where in my early twenties where I was just, I couldn't do it anymore. So I looked into, I found Gabrielle Bernstein's book and she's, her teacher is Marianne Williamson and her, the way that she interpreted and Marianne Williamson's teacher is, of course, miracles, of course, in mm-hmm. miracles. And all those teachings are basically, you know, self-love. The only thing that is, that is real is love. Fear is not real. The ego is not real. And all of that just like resonated so much and felt so good to hear. And it took a while, but I think I was like 23, 24 when I, when I started learning these messages, I started reading Eckhart Tolle and Teach not Han, which is a Vietnamese monk. But my dad passed away when I was 20, so actually I was introduced to Teach not Han as like a grieving t- mechanism and like Buddhism and prayer because that was essentially those are the things that helped me get through my grief. So all of those things like happening together, I started like looking more inwards. Mm. And as I looked more inwards, I think that the disconnect of like the eating and dieting and yo-yoing and all that didn't fit with this kind of like kindness that I was trying to give to my soul. So even though I was hunting for like the the way of eating that felt with it, I still didn't know the answer. So one day I was at Whole Foods and this book kind of just like came out, like like fell off the shelf. Like Gabby (laughs) always talks about a book finding you versus you finding yourself book. And it was a raw food detox diet by Natalia Rose. Mm -hmm. And just the cover was just like a bright tomatoes. And it just like stood out to me and I picked it up and 
even then I was doing the raw food detox diet, but that meant going to like pure food and wine, which was like a fancy raw food restaurant at the time. And it was all like nuts and heavy lasagnas and ice cream and all that, all raw food vegan. But that made me feel, feel heavy. So I was like, uh, like I, I want the raw food thing sounds good, but I feel so sick afterwards. After reading that book, I realized what raw food means. It's not nuts and it's not like making a meatloaf out of cashews it's <laughs> vegetables you know and it's just bringing it back to basics and also looking at through the scope of how how are you eating these foods like are like the combination of the way you eat things directly influences how you digest the foods which was like so novel to me that's something I did not read in any of the books that I've been reading I did the zone dieted the Atkins dieted the South Beach diet you know like all of those things mm-hmm. were just basically just like rules zone diet all those things so this was just kind of like oh like there's just these principles and then you can just do anything with them and that felt so liberating and luckily like Natalia Rose was consulting at the time and giving like still meeting with people in New York so I met with her and in our I like went to her apartment and we like chatted and she was just like you know at the end of our like like consult and like, consultation she was just like I, I have a feeling like you're gonna be like this for life you're gonna like this is gonna <laughs> and I'm like really I was like okay like let's let's try it and at the time I was working in like fashion at a fashion magazine and it was really hard because like that's like the most toxic place people are like dieting and smoking and everything but I was like let me try this there was like this little deli across the street that sold like an avocado sandwich and a soup so I would just start with like getting my avocado sandwich and my soup and my salad and even though I was eating more food I just felt better Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was like okay like let's and that's how I started like I wasn't like going to a juice cleanse like immediately because that's actually not what she advised and but also a big part of it was Gil Jacobs in her book Raw Food Detox Diet she basically credits this entire her entire book to him and what she learned with him so I was like I gotta find this guy so mm-hmm. I did and he will he's a colon, colon therapist and he was low at the time he was working out of like an apartment in Murray Hill <laughs> and and I went to see him and I like it was an uncomfortable experience. I like never had a clotting before and I thought I was going to die. But by the end I was literally like flying. I like never felt that way before. I like, I was just like my, my whole head was buzzing, like in the best way, like the better than any drug I've ever taken. <laughs> all of them, almost all of them. And I called my mom immediately. And I'm like, mom, like it's the craziest thing. Like you have to go to this guy. I think you changed like my life. And and I started going to him regularly, but only like once every month or once every two months. I was like dating this guy from college. And as I was shedding pounds and shedding layers, I shed like that boyfriend. I shed my job. I shed like, I just felt like I was just like shedding my, all of these layers, like figuratively and physically that were preventing me from like finding like true like happiness and joy so I credit my work and it was a real it was a lot of hard diligent work with Gabrielle Bernstein and like for my emotional work and also and spiritual work and also Gil Jacobs for my physical work for being able to like crack myself open and really really just like find my, go back to my true self, not like become a new person, but like go back to that child that was mm-hmm. an innocent child before 
all like the fucked up stuff that happened to you as like a child or teenager, all the trauma, whatever that you went through, like going back to that innocent child. And I was able to find that person again through all of this work, which was like amazing, you know? And that is like, now I'm 36. So that was like over 10 years of work to do that. Mm -hmm. And what I realized over through like starting Bonberry and everything, really, I just wanted to share what I'm, what helps make me vibe, you know, it's never been like, I'm, I did not go to IEN. I did not go to like nutrition school. I'm not a like holistic nutritionist or, you know, a dietitian or anything like that. And I, and I, I don't really think I ever will be because I'm just sharing what makes me vibe, you know, and, and I'm, what works for me may not work for you, but I do find a lot of these things that I've learned are universally helpful, you know, certain Mm -hmm. things. So I'm just going to continue to do that, you know, and I feel really lucky now that I can like actually nourish people. Like, I feel like I was like providing interviews and recipes that like, you know, nourish people in a sense, but now I can actually provide food and that's like beyond, you know? So that's kind of like the journey. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. I love it. And I mean, I, one of the things that I really like about you and that have pulled me towards you is your honesty. You're a very transparent woman. I love your videos when you're cooking and your kid is running behind you and your hair's in your face and you're dropping the saws and you're, you know, because that's, that's the reality. And going back to that point you made, I think in, in the way we live the world right now, personal experience, when we share from that place is so much more meaningful than when you gone to school and read a book. It's like, no, no, I lived through this. This is my story. Yeah. I'm sure so many people can relate to what I've been through. So if you, if something resonated with you, here's what I have to share. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, um, I think that's why people are so, I feel like the influencer, the year of the, like the age of the influencer, just people are just interested in what people are doing and not necessarily, I mean, as like the end all be all, you know, there's so many of us, we're doing so many different things, the way we have approached everything, but maybe it makes you either feel good. If you see someone and you're like, Oh, they do that too. Or they're like kind of a crazy too versus like you know, the perfect pristine like kitchen and the perfect pristine everything. Like I wish, I really do wish I was that person. Like I really do. I have a perfectly curated life, like on Instagram and off of it. But it's just, <laughs> truth you know it's not the case and I think I'll ever I'll ever get there. no and, and I mean it, 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 I think people definitely appreciate more I don't know how do you say like when people are genuine yeah and when people are truly being themselves and are showing themselves in their comfort zone as opposed to a very curated I mean everybody loves a beautiful curated photograph but yeah when it's time to share, you know, it's like seeing you in your environment and now you've created, it's almost like an extension of you. The bodega is so beautiful mm-hmm. because it's so casual. It's not yeah. pretentious. And to me, it feels like I, I just see there are things that you've been speaking about and using yourself yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what, Nicole, I know Nicole has been using this for a long time, so I'm going to trust that. I'm going to try yeah. it out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so beautiful. And you mentioned before, it's so interesting because I feel like we kind of started our journey at around the same time, 10 years ago. And I remember going to one lucky duck and I remember going to pure foot and wine. And it's almost like 
this is the new iteration of that mm-hmm. in a healthier way where it's yeah. like that was forced that was not pleasant you yeah. know it's right. honest, that was very salty and very <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like you're you're really filling a hole a gap thank you yeah, yeah that was in there yeah i mean there's you know there's definitely a lot of now it's like wellness is trendier than ever. So it's like, oh, another, I remember I was sitting outside. It was like a nice day and someone walked by and was like, oh, it's another wellness store next. Like, literally. <laughs> And I just started laughing. I was like, yeah, you know, like maybe that's the perception of someone, but I just know, I mean, like you've heard my story. Like I'm coming from a very like long, like journey and like we've like like we're really like a knowledgeable journey and so like when you taste your the food you'll you'll recognize that you know and Mm -hmm. you know but but there's a lot you know there's a lot of noise out there and you know maybe maybe the world doesn't need another like salad joint but so i i actually i'm surprised that people are like oh this is amazing we need this so bad i'm like you do it's like there's Mm -hmm. so many like there's this there's that there's this there's that but they're like no it's like this is like what's missing so I'm at, I'm too inside to understand that right now, but like, but it's definitely reassuring to hear, you know, like other people saying like, oh, you are filling a void because like, for me, I'm like, you know, like you never know. Maybe it's, there's just too much, you know? Mm-mm, it's genuine. And, and that's, it's, I think it's so beautiful because it's so genuine and it's mm-hmm. so curated and so personalized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially now hearing your story, these are things like, I love, I love your, your message. These are things that have worked for you and vibe with you. Yeah. And if somebody else resonates with that, come and try it out. And I remember being at your shop a few weeks ago and I picked up, I, I was like, finally, I get to try Nicole's Dulce seasoner yeah. dressing. And you yeah. told me, I think if you make it, it'll probably be better. Yeah. I was like, what? You're like, yeah, because you made it. And yeah. you had this big smile and it's like, you're not trying to sell anything. You're just <laughs> providing this space and you're like, come here. And yeah. if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. And these are things that you could do at home, but totally. there's definitely this curiosity. There's this charm to seeing what you're doing just because it's so simple and, and honest. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, f- for everybody that is getting to know you right now, you're also a mom of two. You just had a baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you are, to me, I feel like I, I actually told you this out loud recently. I saw you coming into the gym, carrying a stroller with your coat, with a thing. And yeah. I was like, dude, this lady, you deserve a medal because you're, you're juggling a lot. So yeah. how are you handling new motherhood, new business, being yeah. fabulous, all of it? I mean, not by any of those. You know, like I, I was like joke around, like everyone everyone's suffering a little bit, you know, we're not doing it all. But I I recently said this, like at a panel that I feel that motherhood, I don't know if that, if this resonates with you though, I was always so scared and like insecure, but just like nervous about like the risks of starting a business or going like doing anything. Like I was a freelance writer for many years and I'd be always so nervous about like, if I had to interview a celebrity, I'd be like, I'd literally the anxiety would like keep like, almost like be like debilitating, but I'd get through it. and be like, oh, okay. You know? And it, I would just like, everything was so intense, you know, mm-hmm. after be giving birth like twice, particularly <laughs> the first time. And then also going through just like teething allergies, like, 
bedtime regressions, like all, all of those things. That's the craziest <laughs> stuff that I've ever gone through, you know? And I'm just like, it's made me fearless in, er- in the other areas of my life. It really has. Like, I just don't overthink things anymore. There's just, A, there's no time. Mm-hmm. B, like, it's, you realize that it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, it's like everything, there's a news cycle. There's like, people are, you know, are in their own shit and everything like that. And what your percent, your nerves are not, they're just, people aren't thinking about that, you know, cause they're just so involved in their life. And then with my second child, like, I feel like I gone through, you know, I had a like difficult like birth with her. And so I just feel like all of those things, knowing I've gone through all of that really makes you so fearless. So, so how do you even like do, I guess, balance or, or like, first of all, just to even like work, like, you know, I feel like it's not about like, that's given me more energy and power to like do more, you know, on my mm-hmm. own side of it. And, and like, how does it work? Like logistically? I mean, like we have health childcare, which is amazing. We have like a really amazing nanny and, and that's really, really important. And I, my, I, luckily the store is three blocks away from my home. So I'm constantly running back and forth. I don't think I could do it really if it was like uptown or in Brooklyn or something. Like I, I don't know if I could do it really because I want to be close. Like I'm, I, I'm, I am very, like I am very hands-on. I am a working mom, but I can't, but I am also like exclusively like my daughter's exclusively breast milk fed. So like, I have to be near, you know, and my husband also works at night. So he's able to be there too. So we have a very like progressive, like what our family looks like is very progressive. It's like my husband doesn't work in finance or as a lawyer, I don't work in an office job. Like we're, we're able to like be flexible, which I feel very lucky for. It's that's not everyone's like every, the, the case for everyone. I don't go on work trips where I'm gone for like two weeks abroad, you know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that I have more, I'm in way more awe of those moms um, because like they, they have a boss or a time sheet where they have to like check in and they don't have a choice, you know, whereas I'm very, if my daughter's sick, I can like stop everything and go there, you know, like, which not a lot of moms can do. So I actually feel very lucky for that. And yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, what's so beautiful though, that it's almost like you, you, for, for me, you seem like a person that's very grounded. Mm-hmm and aligned in your mission. And it's funny that you mentioned that course in miracles because I'm reading it right now for years. I've been like, I should read that book. No, no, it, it happened. Like you, you were sharing that story that the book fell off the shelf. I literally yeah. walked into Barnes and Noble and it was facing me. Yeah. I was like, okay, I got to grab it now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I'm coming through the a section where it's speaking of fear. Mm-hmm. And it's something that resonated with me is that fear is when what you want to do and what you have to do are not aligned, mm. but you are juggling all of these different things and life has aligned itself for you in a way because you are doing what you want to be doing. Yeah. That so took you are fearless. Time though. But like I, so, uh, and also you have to realize that what you want to be doing shifts. Like what, all I wanted for as long as I can remember was to be a fashion writer. Like I wanted to work at a fashion magazine. I wanted to write specifically. I wanted to write about shows. I wanted to like review shows. I wanted to do all of those things. And and I got there. Like I, I like worked very long and very hard to get there. And I was there. And once I was there, it was no longer fulfilling for me, you know? So that shifted. And like once, and it took me a while to like stay in that kind of like unhappy phase, but I 
I realized that I identified it. And then I was like, okay, I'm, what became the next thing was, well, wellness was so interested in, I, not that term wellness, I didn't see it that way, but just like healing yourself was, was my, my, became my hobby, you know, like just like <laughs> figuring that out. And I was like, how can I be in that life and make money from it? You know what I mean? And that seems like a totally unattainable goal because it's just like, so I don't, couldn't even imagine it. So it's really, and that was almost like 10 years ago. So that's crazy to see how you can like, one can shift, you know, out of like what you think you want. It's okay to realize that once you've attained something in your life, that maybe that's not what you want anymore, you mm-hmm. know, and that you can shift. So I will say like doing that has given me, yes, it's given me being ground, but, but to be grounded, like that's a consistent daily work. Like it's like, I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I put on a guided meditation and I like feel the anxiety. I breathe through it. I read an intention of the day. Like sometimes I get down on my knees and I pray if something is like really like heavy for me. And I, if I miss a few days, like sometimes I'm on vacation. I don't vacation now is like, ah, crazy. It's like not anymore. <laughs> so like I miss my meditation and I come back and I'm feeling like so much more frazzled than in, mm-hmm. in, balance, in balance. And I, it, it takes me a couple of days to realize, oh, I, I, was off my routine. So I, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's a consistent bringing yourself back. It's like working out, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's not like you work out and you're like, okay, I'm done for like life. You know, you have mm-hmm. to, it's a practice, it's a consistent practice. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's what I attribute, like staying grounded, like just personally, it's like, I need to have that daily meditation every day. It's a practice. Like you're saying, it's a, and I've seen a lot of people that that's why the whole commercialized version of wellness and self-care it's almost like it become off-putting to mm-hmm. me and I know to a lot of people that I speak to because it becomes something transactional or something that you have to pay for or you have to buy when it's actually a very personal practice that is continuous work. You yeah. just don't one day say, oh my God, I'm fixed. Not that there's anything broken with I you, also, but you know I what I'm like saying. I like the fun things in wellness, weirdly. Like, <laughs> I don't like the dust. I don't like the blue magic powders I don't like like all the fun things that have made wellness like people make fun of it or it's become this like Instagram thing like I don't like any of that that's why I don't sell any of that at a store you know like I just feel it's like like you said like wellness is not is not a monetary thing you have to it's work it's discipline you know and um, that's not sexy or you know that that profitable you know so i mean for the longest time i mean for like six seven years i i ran a website that had like literally zero money coming in you know what i mean it was just editorial and i just stuff i wanted to share you know like so now it's you know people have caught on like like mass america has caught on so now there's these all these fun things you know and they're like imitations of things or just like trying to make it like trendy like I don't know something just like Instagrammable and I like mm-hmm. I think it's cute to see you know but like I like personally I don't I don't subscribe to any of that you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? yeah it's it's yeah. about the practice and it's about the the real the the it's about the things you can't pay in the end I feel like it's like what yeah. is it that I can do for myself that I really don't have to pay anybody for or I wouldn't photograph myself you know like you were saying yeah on my knees praying because I'm really 
I'm anxious and this is something that helps me is like it's it's the little things that that truly count and it's also I mean physically uh, I always say detoxing is not what you put in it's what comes out Mm -hmm. so it's not like what powder you're going to be having or even what juice you're going to be having it's like Mm -hmm. you're juicing and you're not like actually like eliminating or sweating or going to the bathroom like nothing is coming out it's the same thing with your spirit like spirit like spirit has to be Mm -hmm. like purged like all that Mm -hmm. like toxic trauma which is can be acidic physically like needs to come out so if you're looking into like what's missing i feel like i need to get into wellness personally not like not like professionally and you're like how do i feel better it's not about don't go into a store and be like what can i buy like first address like what needs to be removed you know because Mm -hmm. you need to like Gabby talks about removing the blocks and Carson mm-hmm. and uncles talk about removing the blocks to get to like, it's all already there. Like mm-hmm. wellness and like achievable, like Nirvana is already within you already. It's just all the shit that's accumulated over a toxic material, like stressful acidic world. Like that has to remove. So that, that's the work that has to happen first. And you can't buy anything for that. You have to just do that first. And then you could play with these fun things, you know, like, and there's some fun things that we have for that, you know, like are great, but it's not, it, it's, it's once you have to cleanse and you have to remove and you have to strip to get to your kind of like to that childlike phase that I was talking mm-hmm. about earlier. And then you can really play with the fun things, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And it's almost like if you are attracted, if you, let's say you're in step one of trying to better your health or your your well-being see these commercialized things almost like an entryway like okay i'm gonna play with this but that's not it yeah that is almost like a little a little droplet for you to be curious and become curious it's like i wouldn't i wouldn't jump onto anything new like i feel like if if you're like if something's been around for a long time there's a reason for it like Mm -hmm. ezekiel but it's not yeah, you're fun, but but it works. You know, it's sprouted grain. It's really a good quality product. You know, like there's a, a book called Fit for Life, which is like from the 70s, and just talking about literally plant based food combining. Mm-hmm. But it's it works. You know, like all these these new fads and whatever, like they're new because it's just like we're searching, we're hunting. Like it's mm-hmm. not going to be the holy grail. You know, mm-hmm. so so I would I, if, if my advice, if you're looking, you know, go to the things that are tried and true mm-hmm. yeah like go to go your to your acupuncturist or chinese medicine practitioner and get your dust yeah yeah to yeah, you yeah. as exactly. opposed to buying something that yeah i mean they're fun like there's if you want to like get a fun gift and like go for the packaging and stuff like that then great i think all of these brands mean well i, I really do they just don't speak to me personally you know yeah, it's like, go back to basics. Where are your feet? Look at your toes. How's your belly? How's your heart? How's yeah. your mind? Start yeah. with that. Totally. Yeah. Nicole, I know you're a very busy lady, so I'm going to let you go. But if anybody were to come find you in social media, internet, your shop, can you just tell us how they can? Yeah. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Bonberry. I basically live there. <laughs> and all of my recipes though are on bonberry.com you can find all of our interviews that we've done over the years and then if you want to come to the bodega to try the food and the juices and the soups and the snacks we're at 384 bleaker street 
in the West Village in New York. Great. I can't wait to see you again. I'm going to hug you next time I see you. I know. That was and so fun. Yeah. And I see, I see the restaurant. I see the book. I see the TV show <laughs> one day. I already have this like vision one of you. Day. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much from the bottom of my right. heart and sending you so much love and I'll see you soon. Okay. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live. And you can also find us on Instagram at paola.atlason. Sending you so much love and thank you.